All right, folks, with the download button on the Technology Geek Podcast. As always, folks, you can catch uh, all of our old shows at thetechnologygeek.org uh, and click on podcast. Um, speaking of that, uh, you, guys, you guys remember the early iteration of the show. We're changing things up a little bit. We're using different podcast hosting, and I have a lot of the old shows archived, and we're going to you know, go ahead and... And, and bring some of those out week after week and uh, try to try to bring back some of the old shows if we can. I had a lot of great guests, a lot of great content. Uh, but I took some time off from podcasting, but uh, starting to come back a little bit into the content creation world, doing a lot on Twitch, doing a lot on uh, YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Snapchat, and all places where fine media is available. And, and I, I really enjoy doing the podcast. I like the podcasting platform. And uh, that's why we're doing it again. And this is our first one back in, in quite some time. So give me uh, give us a break as we work through the audio and, and work through some of the some of the issues that we're we're gonna have as you always have when you launch any kind of new product and uh, you know new new media I guess you could say. So, but like I said, you can find us on Twitch and uh, all of our links are on our website thetechnologygeek.org, uh, including all the podcasts and everything's gonna be up there. We're actually. We're actually using Anchor this time, which was not available uh, when we podcast a bunch of years ago. That's a relatively new thing that, uh, well, not new, but it's new that Spotify took it. And uh, you can use that now for all your podcasts. We're going to be using that now. We used to use uh, Podbean and SoundCloud and, well, really all those things where, where you know, where, where podcasts were lip sync. Uh, all that stuff. But now, obviously, you can do it all through there, and it's it's free. So it, it makes it a little bit easier for for podcasters to get their thing, you know, their their podcast out there. So we appreciate that, and uh, we appreciate you starting to listen again. Uh, got some new equipment as well. Got the uh, we've had the Behringer mixer for a while, but I never used the podcast. We got the Heil mic, and uh, you know, got a new got a new a new MacBook. So we, you know, it's we upgraded the equipment here, and we're doing a doing a new show, and gonna try to do it uh, as often as we can. Maybe not every week, but as often as we can anyway, uh, and get the, you know, cause I like this format. I like podcasting. I always liked radio and stuff like that. I'm a big podcast listener. I listen to tons of podcasts every day. I listen to the, I listen to the radio as a kid. I was uh, always big into talk radio and stuff like that. Not, not so much as I used to be anymore. Um, just because talk radio is just, I don't know. Besides, I mean, I mean, XM, Sirius XM has got a lot of great shows on it, but, um, you know, things have gotten a little too political sometimes on the radio for me. But uh, I like a lot of the podcast networks I listen to, uh, you know, on Spotify as well as on other platforms. So I really do enjoy the media. I'm glad to be a part of it. And we're going to talk about all different kinds of stuff on here. The tech news, as always. Uh, we're going to talk about tech questions. We're going to do just a lot of different things here on the show. It's going to be similar to the same format we had before. But uh, except we're going to be, except we'll be doing some different stuff. Um, you know, going going forward, so it'll be a good time. And like I said, forgive us as we we work out some of the issues here with uh, issues like the audio and stuff like that. We are getting there, so just bear with us. It's a first show, first show back. <laughs> so, so speaking of things that are uh, being back, uh, first thing I wanted to obviously bring up to all of you is, uh, of course, the tech news. Uh, oh, we always use tech news stories of the week, but. Um, you know, I guess I guess big news for for me is the whole situation going on with Apple and the EU with this uh, USB C uh, as being somebody who's been a a very very long time Apple 
uh, user. Um, you know, I, I like the lightning charger. I have a lot of lightning chargers laying around. I have tons of lightning accessories. You know, I, I, I wonder, and I don't know, I, a lot of people say, well, maybe Apple will stick with lightning in America and maybe Apple will go with USB-C overseas. I doubt that. Uh, knowing Apple, knowing the way they are, they're not going to make two different phones. It's just not cost effective for them. But I could picture, I, I, I thought, what I thought Apple would do is I thought they would possibly do something like maybe have have USB-C, um, like, like an adapter maybe in the box <laughs> or something along those lines over in the EU. But I don't think they can do that. I think they actually want them to actually be, have a phone USB-C and not just include an adapter. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that in the next coming months. I'm uh, very interested to see if Apple will continue. If, if they'll, if they're gonna, if they're gonna continue, maybe just take the fine. That's possible, uh, or they're actually going to gonna have to change all their phones. I know they're. I have a, um, I have a MacBook Air that I use that I use uh, every day for different things, uh, and I know that uh, that's already USB C. It's not Lightning anymore, and I'm wondering if if Apple's gonna do that with all their iPads. And I know. I know they're probably, you know, eventually they're probably going to put M1 maybe in all of them, or at least the high-end ones anyway. But I'm wondering what they're going to do with this charging port, because this is a big deal for Apple. I mean, changing a charging port, that means everybody's going to have to buy wires. And while Apple would enjoy that because they would make extra money, uh, a lot of people would, would really be upset because they've had the same charger for so long. And if you remember, too, Apple's not including the wire anymore in the box. So not including the charger anymore in the box, just including the wire. So this could be something where it might work out for them, you know, in the long run. But I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. Apple's not usually one to crumble to somebody's will. So we'll, we'll have to wait and, and see what happens with that. I'm very curious to see what goes on there. Uh, the other thing, too, that Apple's really struggling over there with the EU is, of course, the whole situation with the App Store. Now, I think Android's going to skate around this because with Android, you can sideload apps. But you can't do that on Apple. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen with this. Now, I know Apple has said you don't have to use them for the credit card processing, which to me is is a little bit of, of double dipping because not only are they getting 33% of your sale of your app, they're also taking the credit card processing fee. Now, they've done away with that in, in the EU, I think, to try to avoid any antitrust cases or anything like that. But I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they've done that here in the U.S. They have cut back to fifteen percent uh, if you make under like a million dollars something like that on an app. So they they have done things like that. But I the other thing too that people are forgetting is there's also another catch twenty two with this because uh, people like me that that do a small amount of our own freelancing and developing and coding and stuff for fun. Uh, you have to join in order to publish an app on Apple's app store. You have to join the developer program, which is a hundred some bucks a year. Uh, so you have to join that, and then that's yearly, hundred bucks plus. Plus, you also have to pay to publish the app. I think it's like twenty-five bucks. So uh, that's something interesting as well. And then the other thing too, now Apple recently came out with where if your app was too old, they were going to pull it on you. And I think people, enough people complained about that, they undid that change. But uh, so there's there's a lot of things that people don't realize that there are costs entailed, and that's a tough thing being a developer because. Uh, it, it's tough to actually say, okay, you're going to pay me $100 a year to give away a free app. 
Um, I have a lot of friends of mine that are indie developers that say to me all the time, on my app, it's only on Android, it's not on iOS, because I'm not paying $100 a year to give away something for free. And I know people say, well, give donation, you know, ask for donations and stuff like that. But that's really hard to do. Um, and, and, and a lot of people don't really don't, you know, that's hard to do because you're, you're laying out a hundred some dollars and you're asking for donations. And if they don't equal a hundred dollars for the whole year, then it's, you, you lost. So it's, it's a tough thing. I really think there should be some kind of tier with Apple to where you could say, okay, you know, I, you know, I may, I don't make any money on this. If you could show you don't make any money where they give you like a discount even or something like that, because it's now the one thing that is nice with with Microsoft is, so I'm part of Microsoft's developer program because I do like to develop like desktop apps and stuff like that uh, for fun, you know. And Microsoft's developer program is $10 one time, lifetime. Uh, they don't take any fees or anything like that. And now obviously you can publish Android apps in the Microsoft store and some of that. So uh, part of the reason Microsoft is doing that is because they have like next to no market share in the store. So that that's part of the reason why they're doing this is because they're trying to entice people to come make apps for the Microsoft store. That's that's number one. But Microsoft also doing, you know, the $10 lifetime and you can self-sign your own your own thing. Because that's the other thing too people don't realize with like Microsoft or Android, you can self-sign your own cert. With your own cert, you can't self-sign on iOS. You have to pay Apple to sign your your app. So a lot of, a lot of different gotchas. And, I, and I'm a big Apple supporter. I use a Mac and stuff like that. But... You know, a lot of people don't realize that there are sometimes kind of gotchas, uh, you know, with Apple's developer program. But, you know, Microsoft is, you know, they're, they're doing what they're doing to try to, you know, they, they have next to no market share. You know, they have the Android, you know, you know they got Amazon to bring their Android store there. They have, you know, subsystem for Android now. They have the Microsoft app, you know, the Microsoft store, which is open to EXEs and all these other different kind of platforms now. Uh, Microsoft really opening up their their store a lot more than Apple is. And a lot more than Android is just to try to get developers to develop for the Microsoft Store. So uh, I think that's definitely something to look. If you are somebody who is developing software and you're thinking what platform is most beneficial to me, um, you know, you if you if you really want to get started somewhere, Microsoft Desktop might be a place to start because they are they're 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 not taking anything, they're not taking any commission. They're only ten dollars for a. Um, you know, an app membership for that's lifetime. That's not you. That's lifetime. So, uh, I think you might have you might want to really look at that. They just announced recently at their last conference build uh, that they are going to be opening up the the Microsoft Store to a lot more things like Python and and Rust and things like that. Now you can submit things in EXE format, but you have to join. You have to kind of get approved for that. I, I waited almost a year to get approved for that. So. Um, you know, there are ways to get in there and there are ways to do things. But if you are a developer looking to kind of get on a platform where it's not going to cost you anything to develop or even to learn, that might be, you know, a good place for you to start is on, uh, you know, Windows Store because that's, you know, uh, where it's not going to cost you anything to get going. So Apple, speaking of, since we are talking about Apple, Microsoft, uh, Apple, uh, you know, swinging for the fences here with Apple TV, I think. Uh, Apple getting obviously signed a big deal with uh, Major League Soccer for uh, 10 years uh, starting in 2023 to, you know, have live soccer on their on their platform. Um, they actually have, obviously, they have Friday Night Baseball on their platform now. And from uh, rumor, and I'm not sure, obviously, I hate rumors, but let's talk about rumors a little bit. Uh, they actually are saying that the NFL ticket is possibly going to be coming on to 
uh, Apple TV, Apple TV Plus as well. They're saying that uh, Apple actually in talks to possibly buy the NFL ticket, possibly even take it away from DirecTV. Uh, you know, we'll so we'll see what happens with that. I'm very very curious to see what what goes on there because that I mean DirecTV has always had the NFL ticket. And I'm curious to see if Apple gets their hands on that, uh, what that is going to, uh, what that is going to do uh, for them. And, and really, you know, I, I really think that would really up their subscribers, especially during football season, because that's a big draw. I think soccer is going to be a big draw for them. Uh, maybe not so much in America, but uh, definitely overseas. Um, or, or maybe even in America, you know, you have a lot of people that might be interested in it, but I know, especially overseas, soccer is a, a big thing. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, Apple will do really, really well with soccer, especially, like I said, in, in the Europe area, because it's, uh, soccer over there is, is, is even bigger than what football is here in America. So, uh, you know, good for them. Uh, that doesn't start 2023. So we got a little time for that yet, but I'm sure that's going to be a huge thing for, for Apple and, and probably get, uh, I'm sure probably get uh, bunches of subscribers. I can only imagine. Uh, may, you know, obviously, some people may only stay for some for the, the weeks of the soccer. They may only stay on for football season. But either way, that's still a subscriber. So, um, you know, Apple really doubling down. And, and I think the sports really are where it's at uh, as far as the, you know, with all this kind of stuff. Because, you know, live sports is such a such a huge thing. And you can't get it everywhere. I know Amazon's breaking in now. Apple's breaking in. Uh, I'm curious to see what Netflix is going to do going forward. And, you know, I, I just think that is going to be the future of, uh, of of getting people. I mean, I think that that's like the last reason to keep cable is is live sports. And I'm, I'm really, once these live sports start going online, uh, I think you're going to see cable take a bigger hit than it already has because very, I know a lot of people that just get YouTube TV or just get cable just for football season and live sports. So I'm very curious about that with that. So I wanted to, uh, wanted to talk about something we don't talk about a whole lot on the show is uh, Linux. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of uh, System, uh, System76, their Pop! OS. Uh, I do have tried it. I've used it on a bunch of machines. Uh, I have it on a Lenovo here I messed with. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't use Linux as much as I used to. Um, so I use I use Windows on my gaming rig here um, to play games, stuff like that. So I, I don't, you know, I use that on my gaming rig. Uh, I use a Mac for all my content creation. Uh, I do use a Mac mini server when I'm streaming on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook. That kind of captures everything on the capture card and then, uh, the audio and all that, and sends it out. So I, I, I mostly use Mac and Windows. Um, you know, Windows was more of my gaming PC and my programming PC, and, and the Macs are more content uh, the, uh, creation driven. But uh, and that goes for my iPad as well. But um, you know, one one of the things that I will say about Pop OS, I've been messing with it. Uh, it's very, uh, very the the new interface, very uh, Mac like which is fine uh it's a good interface uh you know linux mint some of that's a lot more windows based but either way uh you know it's definitely a great well designed well laid out operating system i really like it but uh system 76 has always sold their own hardware and now they recently have the dev one laptop which uh the base model is uh one thousand ninety nine dollars and I know he's saying a little pricey, but hear me out on this one. Uh, the base model comes with 16 gigs of RAM and a one terabyte drive. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of pretty, um, 
I'm kind of pretty impressed with this. Uh, for, for a machine that is, you know, most of your, your higher end machines, you know, run, run a little bit more than, especially from system 76 directly. This comes from HP. So it's actually HP hardware and it actually has, uh, you know, uh, system 76, uh, I'm sorry, pop OS on it. And, I just think for for a thousand ninety nine bucks, it's a really high end machine for the specs. Uh, you know, uh, it's an a, it's an AMD Radon Ryzen seven. Excuse me, Ryzen seven. I gotta make sure I wear my glasses when I'm reading the screen. Ryzen seven. So it's a pretty high end processor. Like I said, it does come with native pop os on it, so you're gonna get firmware upgrades and, and all that stuff you would get from HP. Uh, 14-inch display, uh, good size, I think. I use 14-inch displays, not for, you know, for on my Linux box here. Like, it's, it's just, the whole thing is just, it's just unbelievable how great of, um, you know, how great of a, of, a, of a system. I mean, first of all, you can, you, anything, if you are a content creator that's comfortable with Linux, this might be much cheaper for you than buying a Mac. Um, you know, I, I would I would highly recommend this if you're somebody who wants to create content, podcast, video editing, some of that, and you think maybe a Mac slide out of your price or you don't like Mac, this might be your cheaper bet um, because, I mean, they have an incredible well, – I think the power of Pop! OS is definitely in their app store, and, and they literally have an app for everything. I mean, I, and good apps, not crap. I mean, good, good apps. Uh, the webcam they have is a 720. Uh, it comes, I mean, like I said, they have, I mean, when, when you're talking about a machine that really could do everything and is good, a good price and well-made for that price, I really, really think you should consider this. Um, you know, you have GIMP, you have Dropbox, Teams, I mean, Slack, Discord, I mean, all that stuff from GitHub, Spotify, VLC, I mean, everything is on here. There's all different kinds of editing software, all different kinds of tools, I mean, I, I honestly, if you are somebody who is a developer or in content creation and you don't want to get a Mac or you think a Mac could be out of your price range, I mean, this definitely would be, you know, the, the, I really think this is the, the device to, uh, for you. I, I really do. It, it's just, it, it, it's just, it's a, I think the specs are really high end for that 10, $1,099. I really do. Um, especially when you're talking about eight core CPU, 16 threads. I mean, that's, that's a pretty high end processor for, I mean, that, I mean, I, I dare you to go look for a windows machine. You're going to pay more than that. Uh, you know, the other thing is too, you know, it, it's upgradable. It comes with two eight gig DIMMs, but you can upgrade it if you want up to 64 gigs of RAM. So, and, and they do, you can go in here and respec it if you wanted. Um, I haven't, but you could do that as well if you wanted more RAM and stuff like that. So, I really do think if you just go to hpdev1.com and take a look at this thing, I really think now I know some people are gonna say, well, it's got some HP stuff on it, so it's not pure pop OS, but eh, I, I mean, I let me tell you. If you would get the same laptop from System76, it would be at least two grand. So I, I think that you should really consider this if you really want, especially if you are somebody who likes Pop! OS and thinks the System76 hardware is a little out of your price range or you're hesitant to buy System76 hardware because it is kind of off name. Uh, I would definitely look at this. Um, I think it definitely is going to be a definite competitor in the space. 
and really is a big thing for System76 to be able to kind of get out there and, and on some mainstream hardware. Uh, and, you know, Lenovo's you can buy with Ubuntu on them. Uh, I think Dell's you can buy with Ubuntu on them. Uh, I'm trying to think there's one. I don't. I think you can buy Fedora on, on one as well. But either way, very. I thought this was a great laptop for the price. And I thought it was something that, you know, I guess if you are somebody who wants to get into some Linux hardware, uh, this might be, you know, might be a good start for you. I mean, it's a laptop, so, I mean, it's portable and all that. And like I said, good specs for, for the price. I, I, was, I, thought, I thought about actually buying one and putting Windows on it just for the hell of it to try it. Uh, it actually is, like I said, it does look like pretty good hardware. So one thing I wanted to talk about, too, on the podcast was um, Netflix. A lot of people talking about Netflix and how they first time they've lost subscribers. Everybody sees the stock and everything's going on. I know it's kind of a little bit old news, but it's still been talking about. You know, I want to talk about that because, you know, <laughs> you know, Netflix especially, you know, boomed. You know, Netflix has always been, I mean, they're the one service that almost everybody has. And if you remember a couple of years ago, there was about two, three years ago, there was an article talking about how Netflix was more valuable than Disney and how they had more people, you know, subscribing and getting. So I really think this whole thing with Netflix losing some subscribers is just a bunch of, I don't know, I just don't think it's anything to really worry about personally. I think, you know, people panicked over it. You know, Netflix has always been that service that everybody has. It's a sticky service. In other words, people that get it don't really get rid of it. I just think this whole ridiculous thing is just, it's just a stupid. You look at Netflix and the content they have and the audience they have and and the amount of times they they trend and, and the amount of times they have hit series and all that. It's I mean, no other HBO's not doing that. I mean, even Disney's not doing that. So I just think if you really look at it as a whole, uh, Netflix is gonna be just fine. I know they had some layoffs and things like that, and they said they're cutting back on some content because of this this big product, you know, because of this this first time they've seen a loss. And I think I really think people are overreacting, really overreacting, because, I mean, they're a great company. They're not going to go anywhere, and, you know, they're, they mean, they're, they're, they have hit series all the time. And I know they are trying to fight the password sharing in some selected markets, which is not going well right now, from what I heard. A lot of people are actually leaving the service because of that, and they're not going to want to lose them. I, I just, I don't see this... I really, really don't see this uh, hurt. I don't, I don't see, I don't see them just, I, I see them just, you know, reconsidering and trying something else. I do see them eventually though, having a, having t- a tiered system like HBO has, or like Peacock has, where you have one model where it's ad supported, one model where you have limited ads and the other thing we have no ads. I do see that coming eventually because I think that will definitely, I, I think, I do think that's going to be something that happens. I do see other things. Right now they have tiered services, which are great, but I do think you're going to see more, you're going to see things change a little bit. And the other thing too is they're not the only dog in the fight anymore. You have Disney Plus, which is, I think, what spent, what, $22 billion on content this year, which is insane. Um, you know, I mean, Netflix has been spending $10, 11000000000 billion a year. Apple spends a couple billion a year. So, um, they're not the only dog in the fight anymore. That's another part of it. But I, I just Netflix is that service that everybody has at least one or two shows they want to watch on it. Now I know for a fact there is password sharing going on because I've had. I mean, if you listen to any podcast, people say all the time, "Well, I don't, I don't really watch that much Netflix, so I share it with a friend of mine, and we split the cost or whatever." So there is password sharing going on, but I, I think that Netflix in the long run 
I mean, they're going to be just fine. They did have some layoffs and stuff like that, but I think a lot of that was for investors. I really think when you really look at dollar for dollar, I mean, cancel your Netflix account and watch someone in your house that doesn't complain. Okay? I mean, it, it's that service that everybody has or has access to because it, there's a show on there they want. So, I, I mean, yeah, they're going to fight the password sharing, but at the end of the day, they've got, what, 200 and something million people across the, you know, on it. I mean, that's almost, I mean, that's huge. Now, granted, they did, everybody took a hit with this whole thing with Ukraine and Russia, and unfortunately, that stinks for them, especially them, because that's, Russia's a big market for them. But, you know, I mean, Netflix is going to do fine. They're going to be okay. They've, they've got, the content library they have is, is massive. Um, they have, now they're dubbing content in other languages too, which is going to help them. Uh, I know myself, uh, that series, Who Killed Sarah? I've been watching a, an episode of that every, every couple of days when I have time. Uh, that's another series that now that's in English, so I started watching it. There's another series I'm going to watch. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, they dubbed it in English now, so I can watch it. Because well, I'm not one to read the little titles at the bottom. That's just not me. So they're doing that now. So I, again, they're going to be they're going to be just fine. They're going to be. I think a lot of people overreacted with this. Um, Netflix has had rougher time. Netflix, Netflix had rougher times in the late '90s when they laid off half their staff. They've they've been through so much worse. And I, I think this is whole. I think this whole thing is just people, investors, especially just blowing this whole thing out of proportion and, and freaking out over something that it just doesn't need to be. I mean, it. it I just think. In in the long run, Netflix is is going to be just fine. They're like a huge media conglomerate. They figured out the formula for online. They're major. I mean, they have. I mean, it just it's, they're not going to go anywhere. I think people majorly overreacted to it. Um, I think the other company that that's very strong, obviously, is Disney. They, I mean, they had they got. I mean, one thing about Disney is they got to 100 million subscribers faster than any other service. But that's because they have the content. I mean, Disney's been in. I mean, that's you're talking two or three generations. Disney's been three, four generations. They've been around for. I mean, my mom knows who Disney was. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, it's just you know what I'm trying. It, it's that service that everybody knows, everybody remembers, everybody has a favorite character. Every you know, it's it's part of everybody's childhood. Uh, they bought Lucas. They bought Pixar. They bought so many things. So it's it's that service that everybody knows. Everybody, you know. It, so they they're gonna be there. I expected them to jump that fast. They got the content library. They got Marvel. They've got you know. Um, the other one's HBO. HBO always had a lot. HBO was actually one of the first. If you forget, Bob, if I forget this, HBO is one of the first big companies with the series, with things like Oz, things like The Sopranos. They were the first ones to really jump into the original content market and, and really, you know, push the money. That if we put a lot of money into this, people will will, will subscribe. And they've done that, and they're going to keep coming out with series that they want, especially with stuff going on like. Uh, you know, Game of Thrones, they have spins off of that coming up. They've got all these different spinoffs. Now they've even gotten into the original, the, the, you know, they found niches with stuff like Full House and Fresh Prince and, and things that people, the nanny, all these old sitcoms from nights that people want to watch again. So, I mean, they've, they're going to be, they're another company that they're going to be just, just fine going forward. And, you know, I, I do think there's someone out there. Peacock is is one of those services that I'm not, I know a lot of, I know people have it for WWE wrestling and I think that really helped it out a lot. But I, that's one we don't subscribe to, but I will say they do have a lot of good shows on there, especially sitcoms uh, that are very popular on that channel. So they're good. Uh, Paramount Plus, uh, doing very, very well. Paramount's got a have pretty deep pockets with pretty deep content library. Um, you know, they've got all these first-come movies on there, uh, you know, Sonic, 
um, what was a quiet place. Just, just they've got the money. They have some original movies on there. They have all these original series. They're they're digitizing stuff like oh my god, just tons of different stuff from like MTV and and all that stuff. So they're they're another company that they're they're I think their service is pretty sticky. They're going to do pretty well. But I don't. There's some services that I just I we don't we don't bother with. Uh, Discovery Plus is another one that's doing really really well. Um, Apple's gonna have to find their spot in there just because they're Apple and they have the market share of people. So there's, you know, there's a, there's there's definitely spots where, you know, there's I, I'm curious where Apple's gonna fall in this because a lot of people will watch Apple just because they have you know the, the, Apple's doing with Apple TV and Apple Music and things like that what Microsoft got in trouble for in the 90s with with Internet Explorer. Like, can you think about it? Apple bundles Apple TV with everything. Now, if you remember, Microsoft got in trouble for bundling Internet Explorer with with, with Windows. So there are some things, you know, at, you know there, there's a lot of things that are bundled in with, with, with Apple that uh, Apple Music, Apple TV, and these are services that... You know, and it's amazing too how, especially one that really shocks me is Spotify because how many people I know, myself included, load Spotify on our Macs and the thing comes with, with, with you know, with Apple Music pre installed. We'd rather use a third party app. So, and a lot of people do that with their iPhones and stuff like that. So, that's one that really surprises me that that is really, and, and you could see Apple especially has, has, has a little bit of Spotify envy because they're trying to get into the podcast market and stuff like that too now. So, but um, but like I said, I'm very curious to see what what you know. I'm surprised nobody said anything about that yet. I know it's a different different time than it was in the '90s. But if you really think about it, Apple is is really the monopoly that Microsoft was in the '90s, maybe even more so now, because they have both mobile and PC. So I'm really curious to see if if app if anybody said anything. Because if you think about it, I mean, Apple bundles all their services in some form with their product is your choice to subscribe or not. So I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with that, especially considering what Microsoft went through in the 90s. I'd be very curious to see if Apple runs into the same kind of trouble uh, going forward, uh, or if they will. I know big, you know, I know Google is running into trouble in the EU. I'm curious what they're going to do here in America. Uh, Facebook. Which Facebook has, has kind of fallen from grace a little bit because you've got spot, it's, you know, TikTok and and things like that, Snapchat that are chewing away at at spot at, at Facebook's users. I don't think Facebook is the the huge giant they were years ago. I just don't see it. Um, I I think that I just I just don't. You can see it. I mean, people have Facebook's accounts. So I'm, that the younger generation, is, uh, you know, I, I know my daughters and stuff like that they're on Snapchat and and TikTok. They're not on Facebook. So I mean, I think that. Eventually, you're going to see. Now, I know, and I know for a fact that when you when you read Facebook's earnings reports, Instagram is carrying much, much more of the load, and so is WhatsApp uh, compared to what Facebook is. So you you can see that transition happening, where uh, Instagram is becoming more, you know, becoming that that service the young people are using compared to Facebook or, and, and WhatsApp is, is huge, especially not, maybe not in America here, but overseas it's huge. So, um, you know, you, you can see that the, the, the ground and the, and the market around Facebook is, is changing. So I'm not sure if I would, I mean, I know they're still a powerful entity and, um, you know, but I don't think they, they're the giant they were. Uh, but, but well, like I said, that, that I may have seen what's going to happen in America, but I, I do see Apple getting hit pretty hard with this, this whole thing. Um, 
a lot of people have said to me and asked me questions on Twitter, do I think Microsoft is a monopoly? And I don't think they are anymore. Uh, I just, I don't see, there's not one, there's not one particular spot where Microsoft really, really dominates anymore. And I think for them, uh, no, that's going to be a good thing because they're not going to, they don't want to go through what they went through in the nineties again. Uh, so I'm going to cut it off here. First show, we'll make it about a half hour, a little more. Maybe next time we'll do a little more. Depends. If you like the length of the show or you want to think the show should be longer, uh, like I said, reach out, thetechnologygeek.org. I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you on the next show. Thank you very much.